Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. This morning, I want to quickly talk about something that is very, very crucial. What I'm about to share with you this morning, if you get it right and you implement it, is going to cascade in every area of your life as serious as possible. Today, I want to talk about having the right premise. Having the right premise. We are in a very unique season. Glory. Praise the Lord. Now, we are in a season where a lot is happening. You know, statistically, crime usually increases by this time. Crime increases by this time. Accidents, people who are traveling on the road, usually increase by this time, based on statistics. Between the month of October, November, and December, it is usually very bloody. Now, you ask yourself, why is it that statistically you have higher numbers in terms of negative assertions than every other month, than in this month, than every other month? I'll tell you why. You see, the other day, they arrested an armed robber. And so there was a video that went viral of how certain guys went into a, a bank and they stole. But the CCTV captured their operations. At the end of the day, they were able to track them down. And so when they, when they interviewed the chief of the armed robbers, the guy who led the uh, operation, he said, I had to do it. And they asked him why. He said he had to do it. His father passed on. He didn't have money to do the burial. And so part of the ways he wanted to raise money was to go and do armed robbery work. But he was caught. I see people amass a lot of riches and wealth. And in December, between this time, like 17th now, and to the maybe first week of January, they go maybe to the village, or they go somewhere and they blow the money. You see people going on vacation, when at the end of the vacation, they become broke. So I ask myself, what is responsible for this type of lifestyle? Why is there so much hustle? And bustle. Why is there so much rush? Why is it that somebody wants to impress? I recall a few years ago, I wanted to buy a car. Then I wasn't married. I was in national office. We wanted to get a car. And somebody told me, said, you know what? Wait. Wanted to buy a car. Think around this period. Somebody said, why don't you wait in January? He said, a lot of people who are traveling abroad will definitely want to sell their car in January. Eh? So wait, and cars will be cheap. That was the mindset the person sold to me. So a lot of people are trooping in now to see their families, whether they have money or they don't have money, because of the celebration period, because of the season. People are under pressure. You must buy chicken. 
If you don't have money to buy chicken, you go and borrow to buy it. You must kill goats. If you don't have money to kill goats, go and look for it. People are under pressure just to satisfy the season. Ah, capacity. Listen, I'm going somewhere. I'm sure by the time I finish this morning, a lot of you will be born again second time. I'm just joking. Now listen to this. Anything that puts you under pressure is not Jesus. Anything that puts you under undue pressure is not Christ. Christ will never put you under pressure. In short, salvation, though it was very expensive, it is free. Salvation is the greatest gift that man can receive. But yet, God will say, I need your heart. You can say, I don't want to give you my heart. It's optional. So if salvation, as, as great and as powerful as salvation, is optional, my brother, <laughs> every other thing eh, is optional. It's not by, it's not a do or die thing. Now, here's, here's the thing. There's what we call in philosophy or in logic, there's what we call premise. Somebody say premise. P-R-O-E-M-I-S-E. So the title of my message is having the right premise. Having the right premise. If the premise is wrong, every other thing will be wrong. We are told that when you build a premise somewhere, the implication is that the conclusion of that matter, right, is going to be the same as the premise that we have built. When the premise is wrong, the conclusion will be wrong. When the premise is right, the conclusion will be right. So there is something that is leading people to go into armed robbery because they want to bury their father. There is something that is leading people to go and borrow money to buy chicken because it's Christmas period. There is something that is leading people to go and borrow money to buy Christmas dress. As if if they don't buy Christmas dress, their life is useless. There is a premise. While the premise is wrong, every other thing will be wrong. They tell you this is how we met it. But nobody wants to question the premise. We want to flow and be like the Joneses. It's the same thing. That is what is happening to the church today. We are so religious in our activity. We flow inside the premise without questioning why are we doing this. And let me tell you, I'm going to show you from the scripture that the devil, eh, the way he walks, he walks on your premise. He knows that if he can get you to think in a particular way, he has finished you. Let me tell you the truth. Somebody who comes with information and wants to brainwash you, that person is more dangerous than the person who comes with a gun. Because, you see, if somebody can brainwash you and try to acculturize you with a particular philosophy, the person has controlled your life forever. If I can get you to think in a particular way, I have put you on a premise that will guide you to the end of the year, the end of, the, uh, the end of your life, I mean to say. So that is why, for me, 
I always look at the word of God as the basis for my premise, not culture. Not culture. So if you get the premise wrong, you get the conclusion wrong. Now let me, let me this is just from the next. What is a premise? A premise is a statement that is assumed to be true and from which a conclusion can be drawn. A premise is a statement that is assumed to be true and from which a conclusion can be drawn. Look at this. In logical argument, a premise is a statement or an assumption on which an argument is based. Did you see that? For example, look at this premise. If a person looks at a green apple and says, I just dug this out, this is just like not a deep stick research. If you Google it, you'll see this thing is there on the internet. And it makes sense with what, I want to, what, I'm, what I'm preaching or teaching. If a person looks at a green apple and says, this apple is sour, the premise of this argument could be, one, green apples are sour, or this apple is green. Therefore, a premise is a standpoint by which an argument or an assumption is made. Give me Genesis chapter 2. Okay, Genesis chapter 3. Let's go. Let's look at the very first premise, the way it came. Open your mind for me this morning because I'm going somewhere. Genesis chapter 3 verse 16. Genesis chapter 3 verse 16. Any translation will do for me. Okay, you know what? Go to verse 5. Okay, let's start from verse 1. Let, let's do 1. 1, then verse 16 is where I want to take the Rema from. Okay, great. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Move on to verse 2. And the, and the woman said to this... Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the food which the Lord God had made, and something is missing. Uh-huh. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So what Satan was trying to do, he wanted to sell a premise. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? Go to the next verse. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, continue, but of the tree of, of, of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat. You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Okay? Let's see what, is, what the serpent said. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Go to the next verse. For God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Go to 6. Look at what happened. You see? Very simple. In science, this is what we call social engineering. 
what Satan decided to do was to give Eve a type of premise that would change her culture going forward. Look at what Eve did. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree desirable, now she started thinking, she had not thought like this before. Immediately her, <laughs> her thought pattern changed. To make one wise, she took off its fruit, and it, so it was not this, some of these images and videos, I don't know. I don't know if they even study Bible. It was not Satan that gave Eve the fruits. After Satan had worked on her mind and gave her a premise that was different from what God has put on ground, it was Eve that now looked at the fruits, analyzed it very well. The next thing, she took the fruit by herself. Look at it. She took off his fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. That's why some theology will tell you that what Adam did was a deliberate treason. He decided to, he, he knew what he was doing. Now, let's pause there. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. Give me, go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. I want to show you something. Verse 16 and 17. Okay, look at, God. this is God's talking. And God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Go to 17 now. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So a premise has been established, which is going to control the lifestyle of man in the garden for all the days that he's inside the garden. So what Satan decided to come or to do, Satan did not go and pluck the, the fruits and say, eat, if eat, oh, this fruit is sweet, oh, take. You know, he didn't do that. He first of all walked on her mind. That was all he did. He, he did. He walked on her mind. He walked on her mind. It was the woman that now took the fruit and ate it. So look at what Satan did. Satan said, you shall not surely die. God said, the day you shall eat it, you shall die. Genesis 2, 17. Satan said, you shall not surely die. In Genesis chapter 3, where we read. So, what Satan did was to counter the premise of God. So, what is the premise? So, Satan appeared or gave the premise that God is the liar. So, if Satan said to Eve, God knows the day you shall eat of this fruit, you shall be like him. So it's more like giving another type of information that negated the information that God had given up initial, which Eve was aware of. Simple. The greatest temptations are the temptations that come from thoughts. Because you see, it's your thoughts that drives your machine. Not temptation that comes from people. The temptation that comes from thoughts. You can write this down, it's, it's deep. So, Satan made God to look like the liar while he is the right guy. And so Eve believed Satan and decided to behave the way Satan wanted her to behave by collecting the fruit eating the fruit, and gave it to her husband. Listen. If 
the devil wants you to behave in a particular way. He will not appear as the devil. All he needs to do is to give you a premise to work on. That's all. Once you are able to work on that premise, the next thing, that premise is going to form your behavior. And your behavior eventually will become your culture. And your culture will now become a stronghold that you will live for all the days of your life. So what, when I study the Bible, I look at the premise. Thank God, my premise is strong. My premise is hinged on Christ. Now let's go to um, Genesis 3.16. My premise is hinged on Christ. And it is important that your premise is also hinged on Christ. I want to show you something in Genesis 3.16 now. Let's go to 16. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Look at 17. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it, cause is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Go to 18 for me. Botons and tissues it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Go to 19. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. Go to 20. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall what? You shall return. Now listen, this is the premise I want to bring out here. Initially, if you look at it, God blessed both of them. In Genesis chapter 1, God blessed them and told them to be fruitful. In this Genesis chapter 3, because of what they did, there was a curse that was released from the mouth of God. God caught Satan, a serpent. God caused um, you know, Eve by saying her conception would be greatly multiplied. And God caused Adam. Sorry, God caused the ground for Adam's sake. Because Adam, for Adam to survive on the earth, he needed to produce fruits from the earth. And so the instrument in which he was going to use to produce wealth was cost, not him. So God cost the instrument. God cost the ground. Now here's the promise. Premise. I see a lot of people struggle. And I hear them say it's because of the cost that God gave to Adam. Therefore, the ground is caused. I need to suffer. I need to sweat. For the women, they said, okay, the, you know, when I'm giving birth, I need to push and I need to have pains. Listen, that premise no longer holds. Give me Galatians. Give me Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. That premise no longer holds. What Satan tries to do is to sell a lie to you. Once he succeeds in selling a lie to you, you begin to build your life on that lie. So every information, suggestion, and thought that does not conform to what Jesus has done, you shouldn't accept it. Look at what the Bible says. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Have become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone 
who hangs on the tree. So every cause, whether the ground was cursed, I was cursed, whoever, wherever the cause is coming from, every cause, Christ has taken over the repercussion of all the causes. Give me Romans chapter, one, Romans chapter 8 verse 1. I want to kill a premise this morning that is very demonic. Some of you, you are so comfortable in your low lifestyle. And so you give excuses for it. You are suffering and you are giving excuses for it. You are even using the word of God as the basis. That is a wrong premise. Every premise that is not right in the name of Jesus. As the word of God comes forth. Deliverance is coming. When you have the right premise, you know that Jesus Christ has delivered you from the cost of the law. Every cost, wherever it's coming from. I hear somebody told me, in our family, children are scarce. In our family, uh, we, it's only baby girls or boys that we, you, we are relating it to one premise. Of, it's only baby girl, uh, boys that we born. We're not a born girl for this family. It flows in the lineage. In this family, you know, say, we know they last reach 60. So it is good you make your money on time. Who is telling you all these lies? Where is all this premise coming from? Give me Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There's, now, now, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in what? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. I hear somebody said one time, eh, First children will be girls, they're not a the quick marry. Who told you that? That is a wrong premise. I have seen families and a lot of families where the first girl, all of them, they, they marry. So why are you justifying the fact that you never marry because you'll be first girl to that particular premise? It's wrong. It is wrong. Now listen, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh. We no longer walk according to the flesh. We are not walking according to what? To the spirit. Give me verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Oh, my kapala sinde. Yes, has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death. Sin was leading me to death. But the law that I operate now is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. There is a law in Christ. For example, I was teaching yesterday. Thank God my wife was there. And I mentioned to them. I said, for example, there is a law in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. The Bible talked about the, 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 the works of the flesh, which are manifest, which are these. Anger, malice, bitterness, fornication, adultery. You know, name them. The works of the flesh are there. And Ina said, if you involve in these things, you are under the law. And this is tantamount to death. Now, you go to verse 21. It said, the fruit of the spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is patience. Hallelujah. Long suffering. These are the works, I mean, the, the fruits of the spirit. Now, listen. For every law, if you want to overcome a law, what do you do? You use, you invoke another or a superior law. For example, I'll give this example again. There's the law of gravity. Anything you throw up comes down. That's the law of gravity. If I go up, I come down. I go up, I come down. Now listen, 
For me to be able to beat this law of gravity, I must invoke another law that is higher than this law of gravity. Are you with me? These are called principles. For example, aeroplane, when aeroplane is taking off, aeroplane has to beat that gravitational force. That is why gravitational force cannot pin down planes because they are operating on another law, the law of aerodynamics. So, when the Bible talks about the, fruit, the, the, the works of the flesh being, being constrained under the law, we are under a superior law. That is why if you want to deal with the works of the flesh, what do you do? You invoke the fruits of the Spirit. So when Jesus Christ was telling you, love your enemies. Your enemy is coming with anger. They are coming with fights. They are coming with all kinds of nefarious, perfidious things against you. Jesus Christ said, use the higher law. Which law are you to use? Use joy. Whether you have money or not, you are joyful. It's bustling. You are bustling with joy. Whether the economy is good or not, you are happy. Hallelujah. You are celebrating. You are not behaving like one who is under the works of the flesh. You are under a superior law. You love, regardless of the arrows that people are throwing at you, regardless of what somebody did or what somebody said, you still love. Because the Bible says that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We love not because it is convenient for us, but because we are operating under a law. And Jesus Christ said, there are two greatest laws or commandments. Number one, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. Secondly, love your neighbor the way you love yourself. It's a law. Hallelujah. I love you regardless of. That is a powerful premise. It's a powerful premise. So, we must hint our premise, our assumptions and arguments on Christ. Not on what the devil says and not on what the people say. This is very, very powerful. Praise the Lord. Listen, everyone who comes to Christ receives salvation and we receive freedom. Now, let's look at Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. As I coast home. This message is born in my fingers. Oh, the Lord is good. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 to 17. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us, which was contrary, go to 15, to us, and he has taken out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Now listen, every argument, everything that you did, your father did, your grandfather did, your grandmother, all of them, what they did, you deserve to be a lawful captive. Listen, the Bible says that Jesus Christ nailed them to the cross. So it is your responsibility for you to begin to speak the word of God in your life. Listen, I believe in science, but when science does not conform to what the word of God tells me, I do not believe in it. What somebody once told me, in this family, this is the trend. This is what flows in this family. And I actually sat down and I look at it and say, wow, there is a trend here. But I say, thank God, I have been delivered by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. 
the DNA that flows in me now is the DNA of Christ. That is what I choose to believe. That is the premise in which I am walking and I'm living my life on. Praise the Lord. Having the sound principle of power, he made an open spectacle triumphing over them in it. Jesus Christ has delivered you. Now, let me show you a scripture. This is a very powerful scripture. John chapter 8, verse 36. John chapter 8, verse 36. DNA is very powerful. But nevertheless, give me John 8, 36. Any translation will do for me. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. Hallelujah. Now, some translation uses the word liberty. Freedom and liberty are used interchangeably. Now, the word freedom in the Greek that was used here is talking about total deliverance or total freedom. Now, here is what it means. When, when this scripture was, the way they refer to this scripture in terms of freedom is as a slave. If you are a slave, it's a big deal for you to receive your freedom. Because in those days, slaves were bought. Are you aware of that? Slaves were bought. Somebody paid a ransom or a fee to say, bring this person. I want him to be my slave. So what does a slave do? A slave enters the house and a slave, listen, as a slave, the number one thing that is stripped off you is your right. You have no rights. That is why the owner of a slave can kill a slave and they will not sentence him to court. He won't go to court to be sentenced. The life of a slave is a very dangerous life. They strip you off your right, first of all. So you enter that house, it is what you, they say you should do, that you should do. If the owner, if your owner says, in this house, you are not going to wear anything, you are going to be living naked, you have no right to argue. It's a terrible position to be. So when the Bible says, whosoever the son set free, is free indeed. It's saying that Jesus Christ, when he delivers you as a slave, you are no longer under bondage. Therefore, the first thing that happens is that your right is restored to you. Your right is restored to you. Your right is restored to you. Listen to this. The Son, who is Christ, liberates us. Therefore, we are totally free. Liberation is total freedom. With no recourse to the past. Anything that holds you down, it's not freedom. Freedom does not hold you down. For example, your past obligations, slavery behavior mentality, bondage behavior, everything is removed from you. You are free. You are totally free. Hallelujah. I am free. Therefore, you begin to reason not as a slave anymore. Listen to me. The, uh, recently, I was counseling a brother. The brother gave, got married, I think two or three years ago, I can't remember now, and he gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. Beautiful boy. And recently, he had to open up to me. Not, you know, not in church here. Opened up to me. He said, he said, Pastor, things rough. I can hardly eat once a day. Is it tough? Is that bad? And he started talking to me about certain premises. He said he was with an uncle. You see, and the devil always comes when you are weak. It was when Jesus was hungry. The Bible says Jesus fasted for many days. 
40 days, and he was what? A hunger. He was hungry. That is when he came. Now, he said he was talking with an uncle. An uncle told him, he said, ah, any person will marry, will now get a boy being first child. Things go hard for him. That's what the uncle told him. He said, if now again, now you felt born now, for example, things for jail, the road for smooth. That is why they call them Ijoma. The road is good. Abi, when he finished, he said, Pastor, you, I, you, he, know, he knows where, he knows definitely where I go for who come. When he see my eye, he himself no say, I not believe I'm old. That's what he told me. By the time we finished and we prayed together, God gave me a word from him right there on the spot. God opened my eyes and I saw what he was supposed to be doing. And I told him clearly and he concurred. God still speaks. He still speaks. But sometimes, because we are beclouded with the lies of the enemy, the premise that we are working on is wrong. We are not able to grasp what God is saying. Able to grasp what God is saying. Freedom is free. It's total. What killed your father cannot kill you. Your bone is stronger because you carry the DNA of Jesus. Hallelujah. What killed your mother cannot kill you because you carry the DNA of Jesus. You know better. What I am attacking this morning is that don't be too comfortable in your lifestyle and you are using a wrong premise to justify it. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Hallelujah. As we close home, let's read a scripture. Let me show you a scripture. Philippians chapter 4. I love this scripture. This is one of my best scripture. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. So, the man that will go and kill because he wants to make money, he's operating under a premise. For example, some of you feel that money answers all things. Yes, I believe it when you don't spiritualize it. But when you have to kill, you have to do 419. You have to be dubious. Me and you strike deal. And you are supposed to fulfill your own obligation of the deal. But because you have a wrong premise to be dubious, you take the money, you not remit my own. That is bad. People have wrong premise, even in the church. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind. The renewal of the mind means that change your premise. Change your premise. The way you are doing things will constantly be wrong. If money is given to you to do stuff, use the money for what it was used to. In those days, they won't call retirement. Do you know that I have high level of integrity and respect for people who retire? You say me, you say, oh, this thing was bought for 20,000 naira. But how much was this bought to me? It's 50,000 naira. There is a balance of 30,000 naira. Here is it. Wow. Is there people who still have this kind of faith in Nigeria? People still think like this in Nigeria? Because here's what the devil does. The devil creeps in and says, you know, say, that 30,000 naira can help you live for one month. Oh. It can buy you half bag of rice. It can do this, it can do this. The next thing, you lock up. 
Once upon a time, there was a wrong premise in this country. They call it fast, you are a fast man. How can you swindle somebody of his hard-earned money and what you call yourself is that you are a fast, you are a sharp man? That is a very bad premise. It's demonic. Very demonic premise. I don't want to hear it. You, you dupe somebody money and you say you are the sharp guy. Say you are the, what do you call that one, Amugu. And you are what? And somebody dare to release a song to that effect. And everybody is dancing to it. And you are happy. That's a very wrong. What is wrong is wrong. Let's attack it, please. If you are a brother and I see that, I don't tolerate those things. I will tell you, no, 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 no. This is not nice. Okay, which scripture? In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Now look at this scripture. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, stand up. Let's read the scripture together. As we close hope. Ask yourself the premise. Don't put yourself under pressure. The only pressure, Pastor Patrick, you should put yourself under is the pressure that is tantamount to ministry. But any pressure that is killing you, my brother, listen, if you don't have money to buy chicken, eh, don't buy the one that is cheaper. If you have money for egg, buy it. If you buy, have money for fish, buy it. Don't go and borrow money and put yourself in Bese. Because it's Christmas. What is that? That is foolishness. Does it make sense? Better still, not cook on that day. Ring, ring, um, ring, ring Ivie and say, Ivie, are you at home? Ivie says, yes. You cook rice, yes, and they come. Simple. You go Ivie has go eat rice and chicken. Are you not good? Have you not saved yourself, Wahala? In January, when you are supposed to use money for things. Right now, do you know that people are so broke in January, they cannot pay school fees and other things. But they had money in December. So why are they spending the money anyhow in December? Because they had the wrong premise. I must impress. You want to impress. Who are you impressing? You are impressing who? I'm not interested. If you want to impress me, you know what to do. You cannot... Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Are you happy this morning? Please don't put yourself under pressure. It's not necessary. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, you know, I said what? Whatever things, go, go, go forward, go to 9. Give me a handkerchief. And whatever things are lovely, whatever things that has what? Good report. If there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now listen to this. If somebody offends you, the Bible says don't meditate on it. If it will, anything that will make you sad, don't meditate on it. Anything that will give you high BP, don't meditate on it. Meditate on anything that will make you good, feel, make you feel good. If you are expecting payment for a job and they have not come, just be in your mind, be reasoning it. Ah, this one million that I'm expecting, if it comes, how am I going to dance? Will I dance like this? I dance like this? Or I do like this? That is the thing you meditate on. If there is nothing to anticipate, what do you do? Remember the alerts that came in previously. What do you do? You begin to celebrate those alerts. Ah, when the 100K came, this was high. Those are, that's what the Bible, see, these things heals your health. He heals faster. 
Hallelujah. Say, I will meditate on the things that are true. I will meditate on things that have good reports. I will meditate on things that has virtue in them. Hallelujah. I will meditate on things that are lovely. Praise the Lord. That is how you win. No time. I would have loved to go to the part two of this message, but some other time. This part two is loaded. I will release the, the trigger some other time. But listen, my message is simple this morning as I speak by the Spirit of the Lord. Any premise that does not conform to Christ is killing you gradually. So any premise you have, just oppose it with Jesus. If it does not conform, what do you do? You remove it. Now, when I was growing up as a young Christian, I heard things like, you know, they complete for a believer. You feel get money, marriage not go sweet. Marriage feel the sweet, money not go day. They gave me the impression that it wasn't all rosy. No, but that's not true. Listen, times of storms will come, but storms are not meant to last forever. How can you be storm come? No, 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 it's not, it's not Nigerian home video. Maybe they have changed now. I don't know. In those days that when I was younger, when I used to watch it, you will see one hour, 30 minutes, somebody go suffer. Oh, then when the person wants to start to enjoy, they will just, you just put there to God be the glory. Movie don't end. The person only enjoy for five minutes. Ah, why can't the person enjoy for one hour, 30 minutes and suffer for five minutes? I don't blame them. The producer is working on a premise. Simple. It is the premise that you are working on that determines the content of your heart. It's as simple as that. So when you see me say, God bless you, you are blessed. Even when I feel offended, I want to say, mm, God bless you. Because there is a premise that I am working on. I want to hinge my premise on the word of God, not on something that is carnal. If I want to overcome carnality, what do I do? I invoke the fruit of the Spirit. Raise up your hand. Hallelujah. Say with me, I will not be under any pressure. The pressure that I will be under is to please Christ. And that is not even a pressure. Because the Spirit of God rules your life and you are able to express yourself. You are able to love Jesus. So when I, I see people struggle to give, you struggle to give and you are telling me that you love Jesus. No. If you love Jesus, you will be excited to give. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. One of the proof that you love God is that you are a giver. Anybody who does not give truly doesn't love. If you love your wife, you will give her stuff. If you love your husband, you will give her stuff. If you love your children, you will take care of them. The same thing, if you love God, you will give to God in whatever channel. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for changing our premise in the name of Jesus. Thank you, oh God, because we will hinge our premise on the word of God. Oh, Satan came to Jesus and said, 
Are you truly the son of God? If you are the son of God, turn this stone to bread. He was coming from the premise in which he tempted Eve. But Jesus Christ had a superior premise. And Jesus Christ said to him, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Oh, Jesus Christ overcame. He overcame Satan. And today we are delivered. I hear in my spirit, between now and 2024, God is raising five millionaires. I can feel it in my spirit. Lord God, I impress in my spirit the names. God is raising five millionaires. There's somebody here. There was a word that was released from this altar that you should go and open a domiciliary account. Up to you now, you have seen or open it. Because you are going to be experiencing inflow in dollars, in hard currency. If you are here today and you are here to open a domiciliary account, it could be you. It is not when the business wants to be given to you. And a simple question is asked, do you have a domiciliary account? You say, no, I can open. That may spoil your chances. If you are here today, I can hear that very clearly in my spirit. Tomorrow, go and open a domiciliary account. Tomorrow, don't delay. Every premise of delay, I rebuke it today in Jesus' name. Lord, we build on the promise, on the premise of your promise, which is, we are free. We are free. Are you free? How does a free man behave? I am free. Hallelujah. Amen. We are going to dedicate babies next year. Plenty babies. We're going to have marriages next year. Love singles. I'm going to break through. I'm going to break through. Anything holding you bound, Jesus said you are free from it. Hallelujah. I see young billionaires everywhere. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.